Hello and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism, a show where we investigate what it means to be human in the 21st century. I'm your host, Brett Kane, and you are tuning in to the very first episode. So thank you for joining me as we launch this ship off into new horizons. I'm pretty confident that we're going to have a good time while we're doing it. So what exactly is this show? Well, it's the first episode, so we're going to create that ourselves right now. Uh, I can tell you my intention is to foster conversations that inspire and encourage and promote wellness. There's a lot of different ways we can tackle this problem, um, and I'd like to look at it from as many different vantage points as possible. So I'm a body worker. I'm a licensed massage therapist who has an interest in yoga and breath work, but I'm also a musician. Uh, You just heard my track and uh, typically just someone who enjoys being in community. So I have a lot of different hats, and I will use them to the best of my ability to help curate good conversations with people that have inspired me or had an effect on me. And this is a show, it's more of a journal. It's it's an opportunity for me to learn and engage in conversation. I don't want to appear like I'm lording over and guiding people. I truly, outside of the scope of massage, uh, am not one who you know, I'm not going to take responsibility for people's uh, learning, you know, but what I can do is create a container for people to find things that they enjoy. So if you resonate with something more deeply than another topic of a week prior, awesome. I hope that I have enough topics that will appease many um, insatiable curiosities. Um, So today we have a wonderful first guest. I am very thrilled, very happy that it seemed to have worked out this way. Um, he was actually my first thought, and it ends up that he was okay with doing it. So um, today I have the venerable Mike Chang. You might know him from Six Pack Shortcuts or his new endeavor, The Flow Tribe. He's responsible for making the flow practice. That's all over YouTube. Um, if you've ever talked to me on a personal level, you've probably heard me talk about it. I've been ranting and raving about this since uh, early May. So it's pretty cool after having soaked up so much of his content to be able to sit down and actually have a candid conversation. Uh, I thought it went really well, and I'm excited that it seems like it's a good omen for where this show is going to be headed. So as typical first shows go, there is some technical issues that come in and out. I'm still exploring different uh, remote remote recording um, programs, so... I was using one that uh, it just kept dropping us. So I did some um, audio wizardry and I spliced it together to the best of my ability. But if you do notice some fluctuations in quality, it's never to the point where it it affects the conversation. Um, And we do a really good job of picking off where it left off. But just so you know, I'm still tightening all the bolts and screws on this machine. And, you know, we're going to go through it together. I think it's the best way to kind of stumble forward. You know, I... uh, have a lot to learn. It's a first episode. I have my voice to find. Hopefully, I can find it in a time that will allow you to enjoy it. You know, hopefully, the way that I speak resonates with you and you keep listening. Um, but anyway, before I get too down that path, uh, please open your hearts up and uh, let Mike Chang serenade your eardrums because he's got a lot of wonderful things to say. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, here's the episode. All right, Mike. Welcome to 21st Century Vitalism, my friend. 
Yeah, this All is right. uh, episode number one. So I uh, just wanted to uh, start by saying thank you for joining me. Uh, it's a big leap, you know, it's a new show. So I'm glad that I have you here to help me launch this boat off. I'm glad to be here, Brett. Cool, cool. First episode, man, let's do this. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it. So um, I actually wanted to start this off by uh, maybe just telling you a quick story about how I came to uh, your content and uh, why you're here today. That's cool. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, cool. So I've kind of always had like a weird relationship with working out. I've had a really good metabolism my whole life. So it was never like a major priority. Um, that was until about a year and a half ago, I started training with one of my really good friends, David, and uh, we were sneaking into um, Planet Fitness and he was doing some like guerrilla style training, but I re was really enjoying it. Um, we were going about three days a week and I was still kind of forcing myself to like show up, you know, I like, I enjoyed it. I liked what it did, but it's kind of hard, maybe the setting too. Um, but then the pandemic hit and, uh, ended up just dropping everything. You know, everyone in Michigan was kind of huddled in their spaces. So, um, I kind of fell off and, uh, just started smoking a lot of cannabis, playing a lot of video games and just either smoking or going and doing gorilla gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was either or, um, but I ended up finding your content. I decided a month and a half into, uh, the pandemic. I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta step up. I gotta show up for myself. So I was doing some random YouTube videos, just like 20 minute workouts. Um, I made the choice. I'm like, I'm gonna do it every day. Um, and the girl I was seeing at the time randomly sent me one of your videos. It was, uh, the one that has like, I think it's like 700 K views. Uh, the one that says like, do this every day. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. So my experience with that though, it was actually really profound. Um, as I was doing it, it was about 20 minutes deep. We were doing the, the part one with all the energy movement and things were opening up in my body that I've just never felt. And it was uh, fascinating. So it was like right then when I decided like, I'm going to do this, this every day now. And um, as the video went on and as you were guiding through all the different moves, you were explaining the experience that I was having as it was happening. Like something would shift in me and you'd be like, oh yeah. So like, this is how your emotions move through movement. And the, the entire thing just felt super synergistic. And after that, I... I did it every day. I started soaking up all your content, signed up for the flow tribe, didn't shut up telling my friends like, yo, you got to try this stuff out. I'm telling you. Um, yeah. So I ended up telling my buddy, David, um, who was, he's pretty invested in, you know, my fitness just because any good trainer is. And I was like, yo, dude, this Mike Chang guy, he's got something going. And he's like, wait, Mike Chang. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, dude, I watched him when I was 16 like, do you even know that he used to have an old channel? I'm like, no, I didn't. So I looked into six pack shortcuts and like, there you are. And it was a really interesting experience because I was used to you in the format through the flow tribe. But mm -hmm. then I looked back at that and I'm like, yo, his vibe is so different. Like something happened. So I kind of wanted to start this off by just hearing your tale of how you went from six pack shortcuts when you were just like, pumping the iron you were really into it really into building the body into where you are now where it's it's a much more holistic there's breath work there's you know it's all about the flow so like what was that what were the conditions that caused you to move into that space you know the uh what caused me to move into it was realizing that i was that i was carrying a lot of anger a lot of stress 
I was carrying a lot of these negative emotions inside and I never, I never thought it was something that I can just change. I thought it was just, just, just the way I am. I never really focused on it. All of my focus was really similar to a lot of people. You know, I was a bodybuilder, I'm working out, I'm interested in business. So I was really laser focused only on that. Let me go and build this business. Let me go and work on building more muscle, getting more leaner. And, uh, and let me also, and the only other thing I really focused on was my relationship. And during all this time, all of those areas were, were getting better on the outside. But on the inside, I was really, really stressed. I had a tremendous amount of, of emotional issues, rage and anger and frustration. And it got so bad that I started to not be able to even have, I couldn't pay attention to regular conversations. It's like I had so much mind chatter that my presence was so low that constantly there would just be negative stories in my mind, constantly complaining <clears throat> constantly worrying about something, constantly trying to plan out something that I don't, I don't even need to think about just because I was worried. And an experience on February 8th of 2015, it changed everything. Over, it was by accident. It wasn't by a plan or anything. Over an experience to where over six hours, my energy changed in my entire body. And it was through breathing. It was through tapping. It was through stretching. And it was through um, not, not judging myself and not caring about other people's judgments and simply just expressing freely. And through mining into my mind and figuring out this identity that I created for myself, this story that I created, and actually being able to see it, you know, and realizing that it wasn't true. It was simply just a story. And that story created all the stress, it created all the problems. It created all of these expectations that I had to reach. But if these stories were made up, then in reality, these ex expectations were made up as well. And when I, when I looked at the bottom of this story and I started to see what was the real root of this story, I realized that deep inside there was this lack of value for myself. There was this constant need to prove, to prove myself to other people and actually prove myself to myself. I didn't believe that I was good enough to go ahead and just be a good person in general. Like I had to do so many things. And so when I saw that I made up these stories, I realized, well, if I made up these stories, then these stories aren't real. And if I can make up stories in my mind and these stories aren't real, then who I am cannot be bounded by stories. And if I'm not bounded by stories, then I'm not anything, I'm not any of these thoughts in my head. These thoughts are just thoughts. They're just voices. They're just images. They're just sounds. But it's not me. Because if suddenly these things change and suddenly I change, I don't feel like I change. I'm still here. I'm still standing here. So something else can't be. I can't be those things. And I remember at the time, my, my girlfriend at the time, she was a yoga instructor and I've been learning yoga for about two and a half years already, but I wasn't really deep into it. I was just looking at yoga simply for the purpose of becoming more flexible. I stretched before, but now with yoga, doing these special type of moves, I'm becoming more flexible. Cool. Let me just go and do some yoga, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and so that was the benefit. And so, but one of the things that she would tell me that it never stood out was that 
our eyes are the window to our soul. And so when I was thinking, I'm not these thoughts, what am I? And then the, that voice came to me and I go, wow, I'm a soul. I'm inside. I'm not any of these things I think I am. And then that realization was so profound that I kept digging and I started breathing and I started tapping. And I guess it wasn't by, it was just by default that it felt weird on the top of my head. As I started to breathe, and I started to breathe because I was surprised that, oh my God, I've been living my life with these crazy stories in my head. And it was influencing all of my decisions. And it was the source to why I get so mad about this, why I have stress and why I have worry about all these things. It was a source to all of it. And when I realized it was all happening and that it was all made up, it was like such a huge realization that I was almost going into like this shock. Like I had to breathe because it was so impactful. And as I kept breathing and I kept figuring it out and talking out loud, I started speaking all this stuff out loud. I started to realize more and more. I started unfolding and I actually started going through my entire life on all the major events, you know? It's like if I was to ask you, Brad, tell me about how you grew up and you would tell me the major events of working here, this event happened. So I started going through every event like that and it took me six hours to go through all of the events in my life and to understand the reason behind all of them and what created them, the chain effect. And at the end of the six hours, it changed, something changed in my body and mind. My energy expanded. All of the, all of the fear and all the worries was gone and my body felt super light. And at the time, I, I didn't know what was happening besides the fact that I felt absolutely amazing. I felt so good. I'd never experienced anything close to it and there was nothing to compare to it. Absolutely nothing. I had no idea what was happening besides the fact that whatever was happening was the best that I ever felt and that nothing can compare to it. And I don't ever want to go back to how I was. Yeah. No matter what, it doesn't matter what it costs. I will give up everything in my life. And I remember clearly actually speaking that out loud and I fully, fully meant it 100% because three Oh, it was a four days later, I told my partners, I'm out of the company wow. and we were doing a lot of volume, you know, we we're yeah. doing maybe 13 million at the time, you know, per year, you know, and we had plans to get to 50 million, you know, and I, we had it all planned out. I was in the process of moving from a 6,000 square feet office to a 25,000 square feet office <laughs> that was doing all the construction bills, the build outs. We invested over a hundred something thousand just in building it out. It was a really big plan. So don't think it was like, ah, no, it's just easy. No, it took me six years to build that business and I invested everything. But when I experienced it and I saw and I was able to separate out from the stories and from the fears and from this expectation that I put on myself, and I was able to see that all of it was literally made up. I realized that I'm not bounded by any of these things. And what was more important was my state of being, not because I thought about it, but because I was actually at the time experiencing exactly that. And that experience I realized was the best that I ever felt. And I don't, that nothing can ever compare. So why would I even focus on trying to build a bigger business? Why would I focus on trying to build a big, better body when none of those things ever got me to even get close to feeling the way I was feeling? Right. So from that point on, which was over five years ago now. From that point on, I left my old life and I went in and I started to learn everything that I can. And I dive into everything. 
everything, things that I was never interested in, I started learning about religion because I started learning, oh, this is what Jesus was talking about. You know, yeah. Jesus talk about this. Buddha talks about this. All these things that I had no interest in, I realized that they were all pointing to something that I have experienced, had a, I had a small glimpse of. And that feeling, that state, it lasted for two weeks. For a whole two weeks, I was in this elevated state. Injuries healed on the spot. I had really bad back injuries at the time. You know, during those six hours, it healed, literally healed. I was experiencing that injury for like nine months and I couldn't heal it. That, that chatter in my head that was so bad, I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't understand sophisticated conversations. My mind went completely silent. And I was able to dive so deep into conversations. I was able to be so present. It was just amazing. You know, my body felt super light. I wasn't tired. I wasn't hungry. You know, I slept about two to three hours a day for about the next week and a half to two weeks. I ate, I went from seven to nine meals a day to eating two meals a day. Wow. And I had no hunger. Wow. And I didn't know what was going on. You know, so I started learning. I started learning. And I was... I've been studying my body for over 20 years, you know, and I dived really deep into bodybuilding and I figured out all these different things and what was happening to my body. I had absolutely zero idea. I had no idea what was happening. And it was very fascinating because number one, it felt amazing. You know, like I didn't have to eat. I didn't have to sleep and I wasn't tired. I didn't have any bags under my eyes. It looked like I was entirely refreshed. My mind was so clear. I was so light. I was so focused. The ability for me to feel was through the roof. Like I was able to feel everything, like my emotions. I didn't, I never was a person I was able to feel much emotions besides a few of them, like being angry or being frustrated. Now I'm able to feel compassion. I'm like, what? It's so unfamiliar. Like I didn't, I didn't even know what it felt like. It was so weird. And as I started to learn what was actually happening, I started to identify the root causes of why people become so upset, why people get trapped, you know, in their mind and all these things. And I started to understand the fear that gets trapped into our body. And I started to learn about the conscious and the subconscious mind. And, you know, when we started this call and we were talking about flow tribe and flow training. And so that's how flow training was ultimately created was because I realized that the key is to get our subconscious mind to change because our subconscious mind controls so much of what we do. You know, because it's made, it's made up for 90 to 95% of all of our thoughts and all of our choices, because we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts every single day. And 90 to 95% of that is in the subconscious mind. We're not really aware of it. Beliefs, habits, you know, all of our mannerisms, that's all in the subconscious. And our conscious mind makes up for five to 10%. And so therefore, if we want to change the subconscious mind, we need to go and change the feelings and change the emotions that is connected to all of those thoughts. And the feelings and emotions are inside of our body. It's, it's, it's how we feel. But if we're not connected to it and we're feeling all this bad stuff, we can't let it go. So I started to learn about how to be able to let go in the body, how to be able to let go of all of this, all of this fear and all of this stress. And I realized the corporate, the thing that's in the center of it is tension, being tense. When we get upset, we're tense. When we're worried, when we're tense. When we're scared, we're tense. And so therefore, if we let go of tension, we can let go of these negative emotions. And if we can let go of that, 
then we can change our conscious mind now because our conscious mind only makes up five to 10, five to 10%. So if we change the majority of it, we stop the feedback loop between our mind and our body because both of them always influence each other. Our thoughts influence our feelings and emotions, and then our emotions and feelings influence our thoughts. And if we change our feelings and emotions, automatically our thoughts start to change. And so many people don't focus on changing their feelings and emotions. They only focus on changing their thoughts and they struggle trying to change it. And they keep having the thought patterns come back. That's because the emotions and feelings that they feel in their body is constantly connected. It's connected to the old way of thinking. It's connected to the old stories. It's connected to the old events. So therefore they play in somebody's mind even if somebody doesn't want to think about it, it still plays because the body is constantly thinking, the body is constantly feeling those old feelings, which comes in a form of tension. The body is literally tense and holding on to it. So the answer became really simple. If I just focus on letting go in the body, then the body will be able to let go of the feelings, therefore let go of those emotions, and then the thoughts change. And then that's when I started looking into different practices and realizing that that was the basis for so many practices out there. Meditation, you know, for breath work, for massage, for yoga, for qigong, you know, for pranic healing, for EFT, you know, and so on. You know, uh, trauma release techniques and all these different things were all based on the same concept. And so I started to practice different ones, you know, different ones. I learned from different teachers and practiced, read up and watched these things. And they all worked pretty good, but they all missed out on certain things, you know. And then I decided, well, in reality, the best way for me is let me just do all of them, <laughs> you know. And so I started to do a whole bunch of practices every day. And it took like four hours every day. But luckily, I had the time. You know, I sold my company, so I had a little bit of savings. And so I just did, and it worked. And I was like, oh my God, I'm able to go and continue to stay calm and stay relaxed and able to stay feeling good. But it took four hours every day, you know? So eventually I condensed it down into the one hour practice, into the 60 minute practice that we do now in flow training. 44 moves, 60 minutes, you do it straight for 90 days, and your body will feel much more calmer. You'll be able to learn how to let go of stress and you'll be stronger. You'll have more flexibility, you know? So I feel like a big part of your story is the breakdown of narrative. And what's really interesting for me as a body worker, as someone who is really interested in trauma work specifically, is that, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, The Body Keeps the Score. It's brilliant. It's all about how the somatic connection between your emotions and your body and it's, it's just really interesting that you had this six-hour experience where you felt a lot of lightness, and at the same time, you were able to process actual emotions. You know, there was, it all kind of happened in sync. And I'm just wondering, like, as you started entering into this new space and as your narrative started to break down, what were the people around you doing? Because, I mean, it's just like, it's very deep work, and you are fundamentally transforming. So you had your business partners, and they're watching whatever path that you're taking like what was that like on the external level as you were internally finding your harmony was there a little bit of like recalibration or i mean people some of uh a lot of my the two business partners that i had they thought i was crazy they thought yeah 
Mike fell off. Mike fell off. You know, he's, I don't know where he's at. You know, he's, he's fell off the deep end, you know? So, and they started spreading rumors, you know, about me and the company all throughout the company. Oh my God. That's rough. And so for me, I, when I started realizing, when I started realizing that fear is a made up thing and that problems are just made up in our, in our mind. And when I started hearing about these rumors and people were saying, I saw it as a challenge. I'm like, okay, great. This is good. And because I started, because I, I was always big in training. And if it wasn't training my body, it was training my mind, you know? And so now I'm entering this new realm of training my mind, you know? And before the mind training was all about getting what I want and creating. So learning about the law of attraction when I was 22 years old, I started to apply some of the, uh, some of the principles and it worked, you know, I'm able to create the things that I wanted to create, but there was this whole section of the mind. The biggest part is the fact that I am not the mind <laughs> that I didn't understand yeah. at the point at the time. And so, I mean, it was, uh, it, it was a challenge for sure. Um, but I didn't let it influence me too much. You know, I cut out everything in my life. I cut out about 99% of all of my social interactions. I used to go out every weekend, you know, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a lot of times, you know, I hang out with a lot of people. I was in Austin and we had a lot of people working in the company. I knew a lot of people in the city. So I was very social. And I realized that, you know, most people didn't understand what the heck was happening to me. They, they, they really didn't. And being around them, if I was trying to talk to them, I didn't understand it and they didn't understand it. There's not really much to yeah. talk about. You know, if I go, yeah, it's yeah. happening and, uh, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever they're going to tell me isn't, you know, it's, it's like, so what I needed to do was I needed to either be around people that knew what was happening to me or I need to start cutting out everything and then just start doing some research and homework myself. And so I went yeah. like an option. And I started to, to learn, I started to find out and I started to read up and more and more, it was like I was opening up into a whole different world. And about uh, three weeks to a month later, you know, I get introduced to some people and then now I get introduced to this whole world of quote, spiritual people, conscious people, you know, and yeah, quotes, yeah. I mean, and yeah. it was like, it was like entering into like Harry Potter world, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's like people talk different. They're talking about yeah. constantly about Jupiter rising, Saturn's returning now, and the galactic stars are now entering into our atmosphere, which is going to influence. And I'm like, holy moly, <laughs> what? Is yeah. Happening? yeah. Right. And, and so, but this is interesting. I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah. You know what? Okay. And I'm, I'm down for it, you know? And so it's a new conversation. Totally. Totally. So, and, uh, it was very helpful. It progressed, it progressed my learning tremendously. And I'm very thankful for everybody that I've met and who are, many of them are my friends still today. And because I got the opportunity to immerse, immerse yeah. into, into a different into a different way of seeing the world and seeing myself, you know? Yeah. We all know how much it influences us when we're hanging around with people that see themselves and see the world in a certain way. That yeah. way that they see influences the way that we see it, you know? Yep, yep. That's, yeah. I was very grateful, man. Yeah. I always like to say it's kind of it's kind of like chemistry and that like we're each different chemicals and we bring out different components when we come together like we influence each other in different ways 
And like people bring out certain aspects of you. And I feel like if you don't have a strong base or a strong confidence, some other people's worldview can actually usurp your worldview. And like, if you're not like psychically strong enough to like see what's going on, then you start like behaving in ways that they're kind of dictating for you. So it is definitely important as you make this transition to also like use mindfulness to just be mindful of that, but also like choose people that are lighting you up, you know, choose people that are breathing life into you rather than leaving you feeling drained, you know, it's that idea of like energy vampires. And um, I, I think that that's like a real thing. And I don't think it's like anybody's fault. You know, I think a lot of people are just so uncomfortable in their own bodies. And when they see somebody who's trying to light themselves up, they like, it's just this subconscious thing where they just like drag you down and um, it could be really dangerous. But I, I got to say, uh, with the Flow Tribe and the the Telegram chat, you know, um, I don't know. Are you familiar with the concept of the Sangha in Buddhism? The Sangha? Uh, no, no. I've, 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 I've heard of it, but it's not coming to mind right now. It's essentially like your spiritual family. It's the people that you come into that are also doing the practice that reinforce healthy behaviors. Mm -hmm. And um, I got to say, with like the Flow Tribe crew, it's like... You get on that chat and it's just so much positivity, man. It's so good. There's so much encouragement and like you really are building a sangha, you know, and it's not based on like any tradition. It's about just feeling good and like just encouraging each other to like do well and be better than we were the day before. Yeah. And um, I think like in this socio-political climate, like that is so important to have a bastion of people who are moving in that same direction, you know, and, um, you know, I like that it doesn't get very like worldview, you know, like we're not talking about everything else that the world is talking about, you know, it's, it, everybody needs something like that, you know, we need like that breath of fresh air of reinforced positivity. And I think like a lot of the content you push and the people that you're bringing in naturally are really hitting that mark. And uh, yeah, I just kudos for uh, pulling all these people from all over the world too, which is really cool. Um, it's all these years yeah. of training. I, I I learned that if you wanna if you wanna stay motivated, if you wanna stay consistent, you know, just be around other people that are training. And if I yeah. if somebody's interested in in training in spirituality, if they're interested in training to strengthen strengthen their you know like strengthen their mind and strengthen their body in all levels in a very holistic way, they need to be around other people that are interested in the exact same thing. If somebody's only interested yeah. in building muscle and burning fat, then they're not going to be interested when someone talks about uh, feeling stress. They're not going to talk. They're going to be interested when someone talks about their emotions, talk about the argument they had and how they were able to stop the argument. They're not going to care. What's the protein yeah. you take, bro? Yeah. <laughs> they think about it. It's okay. Yeah. You know, but being around that world for a long time, like, no, I want to create a place that can encourage people and that can motivate people to do the most important thing. There's, there's the one, there's one aspect that's the most important thing. And that is doing the practice. Yeah. I learned that lesson over and over and over throughout the years, you know, throughout this last five years, going on six years, I had to learn this lesson, not just once. I mean, over and over. I don't know how many times I would spend time reading and studying and having these awesome conversations and feeling like I'm growing spiritually, that I'm becoming more happier and joyful. And then within, and then I start to, I start to slow down in my practice. And then I would take a break and I'll spend the time to read a book instead of doing the physical practice, instead of meditating, instead of doing, and then within about four days to six days, 
suddenly I would get into an argument. Suddenly I feel a little frustrated and stressed. And I'm wondering like, what happened? You know, like, yeah. And I'm thinking like, oh, am I, am I doing something? Am I doing something wrong or like what's going on? And then I look back at what changed because everything was great. And I realized that one thing, oh, right. I stopped doing the practice. And so I start back on the practice and then another few weeks go by and suddenly I'm interested in this new thing. You know, I'm learning about crystals. I'm learning about these new special this and that. And then I start, I slow down on my practice and then I stop and then the same thing happens four to six days, about a week or so. And sometimes even sooner, I start to feel stress. I start to feel fear. I start to feel, you know, all of these uncomfortable emotions that I wasn't feeling before. And then again, I go, what happened? I thought I'm progressing, right? I'm learning about all these new concepts and these new, um, you know, these new terms and this new information. And I look and I go, wow, it's because I stopped the practice again. So then again, I go back in the same cycle. So this thing has happened too many times, too, too, too many times. And now after the last time that this thing happened was maybe about a year and a half ago to where I stopped the practice for about a week and I'm like, oh, I'm focusing on other stuff. And then it happened and I go, and I was telling myself, like, Mike, this is the last time you're ever going to believe that you can replace moving the energy. You can replace, try not, you know, replace the physical practice with reading a book, you know, with yep. having a great conversation. No, I'm not going to believe that anymore. And ever since then, I do the practice every single day. And even when I do skip it, once in a while, I'll take a break and I won't do the practice. But I don't have this this belief in my mind that it's okay, you know, and that just as long as I'm, you know, thinking good, everything will be great. No, no, no. I already know that every single day that I don't do the practice, my body is taking on a little more new stress. This is because we're in a we're in we're in an environment. We live in a world where all these things are affecting our body, from the food we eat to the water to the constant Wi-Fi to all the frequencies that are happening to the air that we breathe, to the people that we're around, to the social media content that get blasted. Like all these things are constantly lowering our frequency. All these things are creating stress consciously or or unconsciously it's happening. And so therefore, if we don't every single day, let them go. If we don't every day release that stress and release that accumulated tension in the body, then it's only a matter of time before we suddenly get upset and we suddenly argue, we suddenly get mad and we don't, we don't know where it came from. It simply just came from an overload of tension and stress because of the world that we're currently in, you know, and if we go out and live in the woods or go live in the mountains or something where it's fresh air and all these animals and nature and, and no, no crazy media with all this stuff going on and no fear around us. And we're just hanging out in nature. Then that's a different story. You know, because we're in an environment that actually supports our well-being. But we're, but we're not. Most people are not. And so, therefore, that's why the most important thing to do is to go ahead and get the practice in every single day. And that's why when we're in Flow Tribe, that's the most important thing. And we encourage everybody to go and do a practice every day no matter what. You know, seven minutes yeah. if you don't have the time, you know. But 60 minutes is kind of like the standard. You know, the amount of a standard amount of, of time that somebody needs to go ahead and spend. 
Yeah, uh, I think the seven-minute practice edition was honestly a really good move because there are some days that I've even found with myself where I'm like, oh, God, I have to move today. I'm just going to do a little bit of this. I'll do some burpees. But by the end of that seven minutes, man, it resets me. Then I'm like, well, maybe I could go do the 30 minutes. (laughs) Like that's happened a few times where it's actually like stepped me into doing a longer practice. Um, yeah, I had that happen a lot of time as well. It's like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna do just a few minutes. And then the few minutes turns into 30 minutes, sometimes even yeah. an hour. And yeah. I started realizing, and I started when this started happening more and more, I'm like, okay, so what what's actually happening? Because I will just dive into like as deep as I can to specifically what is happening. Because I had no intention on working out for 30 minutes or longer. Yeah, I had no intention of it. And I realized, well, what happens is in my mind, I go, I need to do a practice. In my body, my body goes, I don't feel like doing it. I feel like chilling. I feel like doing nothing, you know? So then there's this resistance. So then I am able to get my body to at least just do a little bit. I'm able to, because it's like our mind and our body are literally in resisting with each other. Our mind is going, go for it. Our body is going, no. <laughs> and so like, what do you do? So then we come, we go, all right, I'm going to go and just do a few minutes. So then now we get the body moving. And then now after those few minutes, the body now is starting to feel better. And when the body feels better, now the body goes, Hey, I changed your mind. I want more. Yeah. And so, and so I'm like, okay, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens sometimes. And so I realized, well, this is not just happening with me. You know, we're all individuals, but at the same time, human beings are very similar in a lot of ways as well. And so it's really important to be able to have these really short practices. So this way, when we look at the practice and we go, it's seven minutes in our mind, we can't go, I don't have seven minutes. There's a, there's an indicator. There's a bullshit indicator that goes, no, you're bullshitting lying to yourself. You do have seven minutes, get off your lazy ass and do it. Right. So then we go and we do it. And then suddenly our body feels better. And our son, when we feel better, our body now wants more. And so that's how we get into these longer things. I'm like, this is the perfect way. And actually, yeah. on a side note, I want to go and create more shorter practices and have even more of them available in our Flowtrap membership. So this way, the people have different ones to choose from. And we're in the process of doing the same on YouTube. So this oh, way, oh. at worst case scenario, somebody's spending five to seven minutes and at, at least doing something positive for their body. But I know that there is a possibility that they will end up doing more. You know? Right, right. Yeah. And I I think it's really important because in our society, specifically over here in the West is we place such an emphasis on the mind. So like we were saying earlier with like, you read a book, so you don't have to do your practice. Like there's a part of your mind, which feels like I made progress. And that idea of linear progress is so unnatural to the human body, which is like, it's more of a circular, like you have to consistently show up to that practice. So even this, like the seven minutes, it allows you to be able to like, get some space from your mind and your ego and your identity with your thoughts and like its idea of linear practice or progress. And it brings you into the now moment of the body, which is a lot more receptive and just on the surface. So I, I think the more accessibility to like any practice is like, that's the most radical thing. And that's the stuff I really want to highlight with this show. And yeah, I think you've honestly done like a really great job at having every level, you know, it's like a ladder, you know, like, do the seven minutes for a week or two, if that's what you can do, and then move on to the 30. And um, Well, I think, you know, a lot of people, when they look at, when they look at it, they identify themselves as, I'm not a workout person. 
Yep, yep. You're a workout person. Okay, so that's fine, Brett, but I'm not a workout person. So you do your thing and I do my thing. That's yeah, like saying, yeah. I have a Ferrari, so I take care of my car. You have a Toyota Corolla, so you can just let your, you don't need oil changes in your car. You don't need to change the tire. <laughs> you got a Corolla, yeah. right? You don't need to do that, right? I got a Ferrari. I need to do it on my car. Yeah. Sorry to everyone with the Corolla. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, <laughs> well, it could be a switch the other way around, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's the thing is we human beings have bodies and it doesn't matter if you're an Olympic athlete or if you are sitting in front of a computer 10 hours a day, we all have bodies and there is always a, there is a baseline. There's a foundation of, of taking care of our body, a foundational thing that we need to do. And it's really easy. It's nothing complicated. You know, number one, move your body. Just, just, just go move it. You know, I'd recommend people to do flow training because that practice is really, really powerful, the sequence of it. However, if somebody likes to go, go for a jog, they like to go for a walk, they like to go and shoot some hoops, you know, like to go for a swim, and they find that that is more enjoyable, then go do that. But the worst thing is when people think that just because they're not a workout type, that they don't move their body. And that right there, that belief, is what keeps them trapped. And yeah. so I think if people just realize that I, if I'm a human being, I need to move my body just as a baseline. And then the second thing is I need to put good foods in my body. Not, I'm not a healthy junk. Like, no, 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 no. There is no healthy junkie. It's like, so you, you're telling me that you don't care about your body. You don't care about your mind. You don't care about yourself. And if you're okay with all of that, then okay, then be okay with that, first of all. And then after that, if you have any goals of any sort, you got to be okay with not being okay with not accomplishing any of them. Yeah, because it's yep. going to take your body and your mind to do it. And people go, Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to accomplish my goals, but I'm just not the healthy type. Well, you know what, that's not going to work. You got to at least have some capacity to take care of your body and mind because that's you, you are part of that. You how can you do anything if the, if, if you are not able to do it, because your mind is not clear, because you don't have the energy. Right. It's just yeah. a shift in belief, you know? And I think, you know, right now we're going into an area now to where consciousness is evolving across the planet. People are waking up to these realities and more and more, this is going to become the norm that people are going to start to pay attention more to the way they feel. They're going to start to pay attention more to their emotions. They're going to pay attention more to their health, not just to the uh, superficial part of their body. And they're going to start to look at practices. So you're going to start to spend more time in different types of practices. And that's why flow training is going to be something that's going to be really powerful people because people are going to find that meditation is really awesome. And I need to do it every day. And they're going to find that breathing is so effective and they're going to find that I still also need to go and do yoga and stretch. And I also need to go and strengthen my body because I don't want to be flexible and flabby. You know, yeah. I want to go and have some strength. I want to have a little bit of muscle in my arm or, or chest and things like that. And they're going to find that, how am I going to have the time to do them all? And somewhere along the line, they're going to realize, well, I want to do them all, but I don't have the time. And that's where flow training comes in. That's where it fits because it's yeah. for the people that literally they want it all. You know, they want it all and they don't have hours and hours to spend every single day. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of like, you're not really giving yourself 
a chance if you don't do something physical with your body like if you're not feeling it with like the proper nutrients and stuff and like that might be a little bit more down the road but it's like if you're not willing to do like the base level like being an embodied human then like any dream any aspiration you have is going to be infinitely harder and you might stumble your way through it depending on what you're trying to do but like you could stand into such a firmer place of power when you actually feel embodied in who you are. And how else do you do that? But like meet your limits and like expand and do new movements and like find yourself in a stretch and like, not just like get to the stretch and then leave, but like actually spend time in these like peak moments without overexerting yourself to the point where you don't want to do it anymore, you know? And that's something else I really enjoy about the flow practice is like this, one thing that you really reiterated in the first few videos I watched was like, yo, let's do 70%. Like everybody's trying to do a hundred or 150. You hear that so often. And really that just turns away people who they're not like, they don't identify as the fitness type, you know, like, well, I don't want to do that because it makes me hurt, <laughs> you know? And it's like, we, we can't be putting up these like gates, you know, like we have all these gatekeepers saying like, if you don't push it to the limit, then you might as well not even do it. And it's like, no, everybody do something, you know, expand into it, you know? And I think the 70% rule is, uh, it's something, and I've, I've even taken it into like other aspects of my life, you know, like, I think like a lot of the principles you learn, it's like, you it's life practice, you know? It's the microcosm it of the macro in an hour, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I so far haven't found anything, you know, I've done like Ashtanga yoga pretty intensely, um, I've done the fitness thing where I've been pushing to 150 and um, I felt more in my body in the past four months than my entire life, you know? Um, and as someone who's going into massage therapy, you know, like it, it's changed the way that I relate to my body so that now I can provide a, a clearer practice for my clients. You know, I can show up in a way that, you know, I've been to my limits so I can help them slowly get to their limits through body work and then kind of like, move that energy through that you know nice. and uh yeah it's powerful yes so um i also wanted to get into um the the breath acronym or breathe because i thought that that is another one of those things that's like it's like a microcosm of the macro that is life you know and it's something that you know i've heard you touch up on a lot but i, I didn't catch a live coaching where you specifically talked about it so yeah, do you want to we talk, we talk about those in the, uh, in the, uh, coaching calls a lot before, you know, yeah. and yeah. people ask questions about it. You know, when I created this program, I wanted to, I want to make it as simple as possible. And it was initially what I actually did was I found ways to, how can we help people become enlightened? That was the ultimate thing in my mind, because I know the path that I was on is I want to become enlightened and I don't want to grasp onto it. Like is the life goal but this is very important to me, not because of the title, not because of anything, but simply because I had a small taste of how it feels like. And it was amazing, absolutely amazing. So I'm like, how can I get people to want to do something that they never experienced? You know, and I'm like, well, this is gonna be tricky because if I go ahead and sit there and try to convince them, you know, that's probably not gonna work. There are thousands and millions of books and videos on it and, most people don't care. So that's not going to work. And it's because they don't, they haven't experienced it. If they don't experience it, then they don't know what they're missing out on. And no book or, or, or video can really 
can really get them to want to spend that much time because it's, you know, yeah. it's very difficult. It takes a long time. So I decided, okay, so what can we do? And when I started realizing the answer was in, a, in our body, the answer was in our body to open up all the energy in our body. I'm like, okay. And the reason why is because we are, we are made up of energy and the, and the more energy we have in our body, the higher our level of consciousness rises. And therefore the way we see the world changes. And the interesting thing about it is that we don't know that we are in a low state of consciousness. We have no awareness of a higher state when we are in a low state, absolutely no awareness of it. And then when we're in a high state, we're like, whoa, wow, I've seen it in this way. I totally, this all makes sense. And then when we drop down, we have no idea on why it made sense. We just knew that it kind of made sense, but I can't piece it together because we literally can't access the information. And when I discovered this one thing that was the most craziest thing and I asked my friend, here's what happened. So I'm, I'm upset, right? I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm, I'm arguing with this person. And I realized that, you know, I'm feeling all this in my body. So I decided, you know what, instead of continuing to argue, I'm just going to go and test this out. I'm just going to go ahead and clear the energy of my body. I'm not going to try to figure out this problem. I'm not just trying to go and communicate with this person. I'm really upset. I'm just trying to, I'm just going to clear the energy of my body and see what happens. So I spent about two hours and I was doing all of my practices. And at the end of the two hours, I felt perfectly normal at peace. And I wasn't upset at the person anymore. And I was able to see with a different perspective. And I realized that in reality, there was no reason to even communicate and talk anymore about it. It was just simply a disagreement. You like yeah. it that way. I like it this way. There's, we don't need to agree. It is no big deal. And I sat there and I was like, oh my God. So I just figured out the answer to this problem. And in reality, there wasn't even a problem. It was just simply because I was upset. And all I did, I didn't read anything, think about anything. I literally just went, you know what? I'm just going to stop that and go right into the practice. And I remember clearly this day because I was 30 minutes into the practice and I felt a little bit better, but I wasn't, I wasn't out. I was still bothered, you know, because I was really upset. And then I remember an hour into the practice and I was about 50%. I was like, I'm feeling better, but there's still this stress. I can still kind of feel this tension. And I kept on going. And by the time I'm two hours in and I'm in meditation, I open my eyes and I remember just feeling peaceful and realizing I don't need to, I don't need it. There's no problem. I don't need to have this conversation. Everything is fine. And I'm like, so what just happened? I went from being upset in my mind, racing with this is I need to do. We need to do that. I need to make these plans, all of these things, right? All these plans and what are we going to do? We need to have this conversation. Then this is going to create this problem. And what am I going to do about this problem? And what I need to, and all of these things. And suddenly I do a practice and all of it is gone. Literally none of those things even was required. I'm like, oh my God. So you're telling me that if I am in, if I am upset, I'm going to think about things that are unnecessary. I'm going to I'm going to try to create solutions that might be unnecessary. All of these things simply because I have low energy, simply because I have tension in my body. And that what I need to do before learning, talking, anything is simply change my energy in my body. I was like, this is incredible. So I started to practice this over and over and over to anytime when I get bothered, instead of sitting there being upset, trying to think about things, I would go and I would release the energy. I would release the tension. 
And so now going back to what you're asking, you know, about the breathe principles, the practices alone is really powerful. If you don't know the breathe principles and you're just doing the practice, you're going to get a tremendous amount of effects. But the breathe principles, these seven principles that are been around forever, all I did was just learn a lot of different quotes and principles and teachings and found the ones that can be applied that makes the most amount of effect to help somebody get into a state of flow, get into a state of peace. And at the end, I condensed it down because there was about like 20 something, almost 30 of them. You know, there's a lot more principles than just to breathe. But I realized, okay, if I go ahead and find the root ones, the basic ones, the most foundational ones, and somebody, if I was to get really good at these, it would create a ripple effect that will allow me to understand other ones. You know, because it's not, doesn't, it doesn't help when you drop like a big old thing, go, you need to learn all these things. It's much easier to go here. Let me give you a couple things to learn. Just get really good at these things. Don't worry about anything else. Just get really good at these things. And after that, you know, you'll be great. And what happens is naturally they will evolve into the other principles. And that's where the breathe principles came in. And when we combine those principles with the actual moves in the practice, it takes the practice on a totally different scale. Yeah. You know? I felt that too. And so, and B, so B stands for breathe with awareness, breathe with awareness, breathe with movement because our bodies, our bodies are moving. And if we are out of sync with our breath, then we're not in harmony. The air, the amount of air that's coming in, the amount of carbon dioxide that's coming out is not efficient, is not matching the demand that the body needs. And so therefore, if our bodies are sitting here like this and it's relaxed, then our breathing needs to be relaxed. Because if not, if our breathing is too heavy, too heavy right now, we can't sit here and be still, you know? And if I need to be really excited, then my breathing needs to be more amplified. So this way I can have more energy. And if my breathing's too slow and I'm trying to be excited, I'm trying to have more energy, then it's not matching. I need the extra breath. Or if I'm trying to go and do something active. So it's important that once we match it up, you know, once we match it up, the body enters into a state of harmony. And naturally, just matching up breath alone will help the body be able to relax, will help the body be able to, to be operating at the highest level. And for our mind to start to quiet down, we become present. And so just like you're saying, you're practicing it now in everyday life. Perfect. That's exactly the goal. We practice on getting to a state of flow through training first. So, cause people, when they train, they're not in a state of flow. People are training and they're upset. People are training and they're <laughs> angry at the weights. You're there to kill the weights. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. destroy these weights. I'm gonna destroy this sex. I'm going to war. You know, I used to watch Dorian Yates videos, you know, old school bodybuilder where he's like yelling and screaming. And I mean, it's nuts, right? He calls the, he calls his gym, the dungeon, you know, like, this <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's crazy him and his partner, the partner's yelling at him and he's yelling and the partner's yelling. I mean, it's just a whole bunch of yelling and lifting some heavy ass weight, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so, you know, coming back, it's like, okay, well, if we learn how to be able to train in a state of peace in, in a state of, in a state of, peace and flow, then by default, we are having to change certain things about ourselves. And if we apply that to training first, now we can apply it to somewhere else. And the training itself encourages it, it supports it. 
so that becomes the that become the plan that became what we're doing here so when we're doing flow practice if somebody doesn't apply it in their everyday life they don't need to just focus on the practice but at some point you're not going to just suddenly drop everything that you did in practice and then suddenly go into a different state when you're out in the world you're still going to carry it with you and you're going to remember a lot of these things breathing with movements you know uh no judgment competing or comparing and all of these things you know and these principles are are really they're really basic principles that is understood by many different cultures many different religions many different teachings so they're not anything special but they're the ones that i found to be the most important and the most powerful ones because something as 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 straightforward as don't judge compete or compare if somebody didn't worry about anything else and they just focus on that one principle that one principle would be able to ripple into affecting every single thing in their life yeah they just focus yeah. on that one they didn't care about anything else just that one it would it would ripple into every single thing you know so, yeah, you really get to uh, practice that when we're doing the five minute sets of push ups and stuff. I'm just like, dude, how's he still going? <laughs> like, geez. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 That reminds me a lot of um, Are you familiar with The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. The second agree. I actually have it tattooed on my wrists, just Roman numerals. I have to explain it all the time. Um, but the second principle is to like, never take anything personally. And I think that that kind of comes like, don't take other people's success personally as a means of like you not having that success, you know, that's just like a judgment and a comparison. And yeah, everybody moves at like way different paces and different speeds. And the thing that I like about like yoga specifically is that you could have just started getting on the mat. It could be your third session and the person next to you has been in it for 10 years. And like the way that how deep they get into stretches and how deep you are, you might just be getting into the stretch, but you're in the same space. It's actually almost worse for them because they have to go deeper into the stretch to get to that space. But for you, you could just do like a little bit of a thing and then you're both yogis. You're both at the peak of your performance and it's that peak that's actually what's important that you find. And then just trusting that naturally you'll keep on expanding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's actually one other thing that I thought um, I'd like to touch on because I heard you mention it in one of the uh, live coaching sessions. A uh, gentleman by the name of Neville Goddard. Where did you uh, come across him? Because he actually started coming in my, into my life. Uh, maybe like six to eight months ago. And since I've heard his work, my life has changed pretty dramatically. Like it was like, it was fire, you know? He, um, I'm trying to think who introduced him to me. Neville Goddard. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe it was, maybe it was my friend, Nora Jean. Uh, she's like a, she's a yoga instructor and that EFT coach and just a phenomenal person. And I, I learned so much from her. Um, I think it was her cause uh, I know for sure she had, she had the, the never Goldard, uh, uh, complete reader, which was like 12 of his books all in one, you know, this big old thick book. And I borrowed that book and I ended up borrowing it for like eight months, you know, and that was like the book that she goes to all the time to get notes, to get really awesome stuff. And, yeah, so I really like the teachings because, oh, no, no, The Feeling is the Secret was the first book that I got from him. I forgot where it was, but then later, later on, she introduced it to me as well. So 
I love the way that he emphasizes on a few of the points because it's, it's different than what I've heard other people focus on. People talk about the mind. They talk about, uh, you know, they talk about like letting go of traumas and things like that. But he talks about, in one of his books, The Feeling is a Secret, he talks about how the feeling, the way we feel, is a secret to everything. And it's because the way we feel, like especially when we, when we go to bed, especially, that's the most important time, bedtime. Because when we go to sleep, whatever way that we go to sleep, the way that we feel throughout the night, that gets programmed into our body and it gets carried over into the next day. And so whatever day that we have currently right now is a big result of the way we went to bed the night before. And what really can offset this though is, is doing a practice at night and also doing a practice in the morning time. So this way we can clear any of the old feelings. And I remember learning about that and realizing, wow, that is so powerful. Like we need to, we need to go ahead and have the best feelings constantly because we're always being imprinted. The way that we feel at every moment is being imprinted into our body. And during those seven hours of sleep, we're getting seven hours of imprinting into ourselves. Yeah. Yep. And another thing he talks about is being conscious, being conscious of who we are and whatever thing that we receive in our life, like whatever way that people see us is all based on the consciousness that we have of ourselves, you know? And I remember reading into it and realizing that was the root, that was the seed that was sprouted into everything else. The thoughts, the intentions, all these things are of a higher surface. They're not as deep. The deepest thing that a person can change about themselves is the way that they see themselves the consciousness that they have about themselves. And he talks so much about that. And I just found that to be really powerful, you know, cause he focused yeah. so much on it. And that's the thing with a lot of teachings and a lot of stuff, it's like, there's so many things to focus on. What is the most important? And for somebody that doesn't know, they may focus on something that doesn't really get them the results. And what I like about Neville's is he focused on a few things and he really, really goes really deep into it. And that's yeah. been my that's been my take on on uh, on learning is I don't like to learn a whole bunch of things. I only learn a whole bunch of things to try to find out what is the one thing that I need to learn. And then after that, I drop everything else. I don't I, I stop reading books. I don't care about this word. I don't care about I don't care about any of those things. I find that one nugget and I go as deep as possible. And I just stop caring. So when people ask me, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? Have you tried this? No, no, and no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, you don't you don't need it have you read this no you know then it's like well what can what are you learning from i learned from life yeah you know yeah i learned from washing dishes i learned from from sitting here you know if i sit here and i sit here really relaxed and i know that my body's in a really relaxed state i can feel it and if i am if i am not then i realize why it's like i can learn from just everyday life because we're always learning i learn from just sitting outside and watching bugs i learn from watching uh, watching the kid play and I'm always learning and we don't need to constantly learn from, from books and from people all the time. Some of the most powerful ways is just to learn from our own life because it's yeah. the most relevant, you know, to our life, which is our life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the idea of uh, the guru uh, in like Hinduism is kind of like you find the person, but then once the person passes, like you realize that the person was actually 
they were a concrete version of a process that's always going on in your head. Like we all have like a teacher of our consciousness that we're always in conversation with. And once you find that teacher within your experience, then everything is your teacher. You know, like every action that you do, the river is the loudest and most clear teacher that you could possibly have. So I think that um, doing like the flow practice and stuff, it like brings you that place of stillness to where you can actually see those lessons and connect with that force of yourself that kind of like leads you down the path of your life, you know, and the things that you resonate with are what will naturally come to you. Um, yeah, the reason I brought up Neville Goddard is um, he, he's got this, uh, one of his key ideas is that your imagination is God, like, and that's not like hyperbole. It's like what you imagine of yourself and your experience is what it is. And in uniting that with your emotional state, like the idea of like manifestation is actually, it's an emotional resonance. So what you imagine, you feel, you become, you attract. And, you know, he, he did work a lot with like sleeping and he was a big proponent of naps. Let me tell you, his big thing was like, he always had like a 3 PM nap because the state of going from wakefulness into sleep, are you familiar with the, uh, like the brain waves? Like, um, I think it's uh, Delta, Theta, Alpha, Beta. Are you familiar with these uh, at all? Slightly. Okay. So essentially your brain is emitting frequencies based on your level of wakefulness so when we're in deep sleep we're in the delta state um when you're like in that weird limbo between wakefulness and sleep it's the theta um and then you have alpha which is kind of like meditative kind of concentrated it's focused and then beta which is just scattered kind of everybody's base level what mm -hmm. he realized is that when you're in the theta state, like the, the realm between your conscious and subconscious mind is actually really permeable. So if you are able to hold an emotional frequency while you're in that state, you, you imprint that into your, your being. So he would always take naps every day because he would like kind of do like yoga nidra. If you're familiar with that, it's um, kind of like sleep yoga and it's getting into that state. And if you hold the emotional thing, then it imprints it. So if you want to manifest something, feel like you already have it. Get one solid image of what it would be like when you have it and just like really soak up that image like you're actually there. When you go to sleep and you imprint that, when you wake up, you see opportunities, you see it in your external world because the external world is just a mirror of your imagination and what you believe of yourself. And, you know, yeah. it's interesting as we're having this conversation, because like I've been following the, this kind of work and I'm just noticing my life is just blossoming because I it, like you will it to, you know, yeah. so but you like that. I practice that uh, awake. I do that all the time. Yeah. Yep. And that's the thing, too, is you're never not doing it. You know, you're always imagining your world, you know, well, like specifically, you know how you go to sleep. And so, you know, so like I don't study into the brain waves because studying the brain waves is really good for teaching people how to do it yeah but what i well what i practice on is doing it within myself and 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 seeing like what's actually happening you know like like so which brain wave was it that was uh, uh that you can program that you program and imprint in uh theta that's the one that's like the liminal sliver why so then so the question then after that is like why is that the brain wave that why can someone be programmed during that I guess it's probably because it's like in transit between wakefulness and like deep sleep. You know, it's like kind of like the doorway that you go from wake to like the complete. Why is that important? Your... You see? Yeah. Yeah. 
You see, so if we keep asking why, see like the answer is here's like the thing is like, so, so if you answered that, I'll go, well, why is that? And why is that? And why is that? And, and so, because this is what we get like this full understanding of, it, you know, because that is the answer, right? Because you're in the door between that. Well, what's happening there? Like, how come during the doorway between wakefulness and sleeping, how come that time is we can, we can program our mind, we can program our body? Why? Yeah. You see? And so, so what I do is, and I don't read up on these things. That's when you ask me, I'm familiar. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear about it all the time, but I don't dive into it. But instead, I dive into specifically what's happening in my head. And I do that. And I do it all the time and do it all the time. And then I go in and I figure out like, so what's actually specifically what's happening? So here's what I found out. During this time, our mind, here's our consciousness. Our consciousness is looking out into the world right now, right? And if we want to, if we want to go and imprint if we want to imprint into our body, we have to take away the filters that are in front of consciousness. These filters are our thoughts. These filters are our judgments. These filters are the way that we see things, our perspective. We need to remove those. And when we remove those, now we are more open. We're receptive to being imprinted because we don't have something constantly telling us to look at it this way. If I look at a person and I keep thinking this person is a bad person, then it's hard for me to try to imprint thinking this person's a good person if I have a thought that's going, this person's bad. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to think he's good. Bad, 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 right? So my attention is partially here and partially here. So now I can't imprint this. I can't feel that this person is good because I got this thought going bad, 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 right? So then how do we go ahead and silent this thought? So if we go to sleep, we relax the body. And when the body starts to relax, this voice starts to slow down. And then we pay attention. We just hold on to one intention. And this one intention is this person's good. This person's good. And we try to see it in that way. And as we start to relax the body, this voice starts to slow down and our intention becomes the only thing that slowly let us left because the yeah. voice slow down. And so now we're going to go into brain waves is what you're talking about. But in reality, that's what's specifically happening. But here's the thing. If we practice doing this, we don't have to even be asleep. So yeah. what I do all the time, I'll stand there or sit there. It doesn't matter. At any point when I realize that this is going, I go ahead and I use different elements and breathe in the breathe principles, different elements that we practice in flow training. And I silence this thoughts and I slow it down right there on the spot. I do it anytime, anywhere. And I do it all the time throughout the day. Anytime when I feel like it's happening and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to focus on this. And I go, Oh, you're there. All right. <laughs> and I start to slow this down. Wow. And then now I slow it down. So now that's slow. It's not completely off. You know, it's slow enough. And I go, okay, let me focus on this now. Let me go ahead and envision this and feel this. And then I do it right there on the spot. And I just focus, focus, focus. And then now I start to envision. And the more I focus on here, the less this has any impact. You know, and so it might still be kind of doing this really slow, right? Still going, 
but because most of my attention is here, this is not impacting me as much. But when this right. voice is really loud, you know, it impacts us a lot. Yeah. yeah. What we can learn to do is we can learn how to be able to live life constantly with a low voice. Yeah. yeah. All the time. So one thing that I tell people now is practice on not having conversations with yourself. Practice on not having conversations. That's so powerful. That's, that's kind of like the golden ticket, you know? That's the one thing that would create the ripple effect into how to be able to do what it is that I'm talking about. Yeah. If, we, yeah. if we stop having conversations with ourselves, at least start off with the ones that are irrelevant, that is not necessary, then what we do is we start to slow down this chattering voice. Look, I see our mind like an engine. It's like running, 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 running. And so let's slow down this engine. So if this engine is being used when it doesn't need to be used, well then, you know, that's not gonna be any good. Let's go ahead and only use it for what we need. So sometimes when it's very sophisticated things and we have to think out loud in our head, fine, go ahead and do so. But when we go into our mind and we actually go, what are all the thoughts that I'm having? Like at every moment in time, do I need to be think, do I need to have this conversation with myself? Have you ever had a conversation to where you're sitting there or you're walking around, you're thinking, huh, what am I gonna do today? You know, oh, look at this flower. This flower is great. Oh, look at this building. Well, look at that sign. I never noticed that. <laughs> oh, look what she's wearing. We, we, why do we need to have that conversation with ourselves? Yeah, yeah. Can't we be aware of what she's wearing, right? Be aware of that sign. Now, versus, okay, let me think of my, uh, of my business. Let me think about how to go ahead and connect this software with this and have them interact in this way something that's a little more sophisticated, okay, right? We may need to still use our mind, but some of the basic things, we don't need to use it. Yeah, just like reaffirming your reality, like, yep, that's the color yellow, yep, that's that's a hot dog right there, oh, like, exactly. it's just unnecessary yep, I'm energy. Feeling, oh, I'm feeling bad, no, yeah, just, yeah, you just feel it. Yeah, yep. So we yeah, feel like that's the golden ticket, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I almost feel like that kind of work, it really is only possible once you tap into the body because what that requires is space. Oftentimes we're so identified with our thoughts that we don't have the space to see them for what they are. We just think that's what life is, you know, and you like live through that locomotive, that track, you know, and it's when we tap into the body that we're like, oh, we're not our thoughts. And that's the big thing that I think the West is starting to really come to and like what we're going to have to internalize if we are to like continue this experiment that we have going you know is that like we are our bodies you know and we don't have to have really busy mental worlds you know is we don't have to and there's a lot of people who will burn you at the stake for that let me tell you they're like well wait my story my traumatic story gives me a lot of chutzpah you know it gets me a lot of like steam you know and like i identify through that now i feel like you're attacking me you know like I, I, they're, they're addicted to like the story and the feeling bad, you know, and it's like, you can live such an expanded life if you, you know, have that space within your experience, you know, when you tell them that, right, you, they hear you, but they can't see it. And yeah. they don't realize it. Yeah. And the, and the reason why is because when they're in that lower state of consciousness, when they're vibrating at that level, they can't, they're not aware of a higher level. They hear what you're saying, but it doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, a lot of the times it's like, you're spiritually bypassing, like, no, this is, it's a function of your being. 
So, but here's what you do, right? So that person, you're trying to help this person and it's not going through. But what you do is you get the person to feel better. And by default, when they feel better, now when you have the same conversation, they may receive it better. Yeah. Or you don't even need to have the conversation. You just keep helping them feel better and then they will figure it out on their own. It's the yeah. most incredible thing. And it's just because our mind is made up of conscious and subconscious. And the subconscious, the 90 to 95%, it's all the body. So why will we constantly try to figure out the mind? So that's why it's like, okay, let's just get people to feel good. And just get them to feel good and feel at ease. And yeah. everything else would ripple. All the thoughts will start to change because our thoughts is like this feedback loop. And we are stopping the main part. It's like if this is a feedback loop and they're running like a cycle, you know, thoughts influence feelings, feelings influence thoughts. And we're looking at the two thoughts is five to 10% and feelings is in charge of 90 to 95. Then which one am I going to focus on? You know, they both take right. time to do. And it's like, it only makes logical sense. Why don't we focus on the majority first? But you know, the reason why people don't do that is because their thoughts think their way, they think their way out of it. Yeah. But what's actually happening, this, this gets like really intricate. I used to sit there, you know, cause just keep in mind, I didn't work for years. All I did every single <laughs> day, Brad, was sit around and figure these things out. Like get into my brain and go, okay. Like, yeah. just the, like just the other day, just the other day, I changed my consciousness, got a whole bunch of anxiety and then figured out the pattern into anxiety of how it happens and what happens and how it feels like. And then after that, I had to switch myself out of it. And it's, so, let me, in, you know, I just switch yeah. out. And so yeah. I do it all the time because when somebody reaches a high level of consciousness, they don't understand problems. They don't under, they can't relate to somebody who has anxiety, who has fear, who has frustrations. They have no idea, you know, but they're at a high level of consciousness. And so therefore they can't really help people. They can be an example, but they cannot educate people because the things that they say, the other person won't register and they won't be able right. to see in that perspective. So I realized this years ago because I was in a state like i clearly remember, I clearly remember having like just listening to people's conversations and people were talking about problems, talking about something being frustrated. And I swear to God, man, it was the strangest thing to hear people have problems, to, to literally just hear people complain about things. It was, the, it was like, I don't remember the last time I heard that because I was able to clean out everything in my mind. I had no relations to it. It was just strange. Why would you even complain about that? Like simple, just stop, just get away from that person. Just stop being their friend. Like what, what are you yeah. complaining? It didn't make any sense on why they would do that. And I realized when I made the decision to come back and to teach people this training method and to go and educate people on what I learned, I, I got to, I got to be connected to a lower level of consciousness, you know, cause if not, I can't relate. Someone goes, Hey Mike, you know, here's a scenario I'm running into. What should I do? You know, and I won't be able to give them an answer. I'll, I'll tell them these general answers. Oh, you know, you just got to connect to love and be present. No, no. What they need to hear is something a little more than that. If they understood yeah. that, they would not be in this state that they're in. Right. And that's the thing, you know, is we is we don't understand when we're in one state, we don't understand the other state. 
And so it's really, it's really important, you know, when it comes to people that are, that are helping other coaches and teachers and things like that, they, if they really want to be able to help people, they got to be able to, to relate to them. And it's tough because you're trying to hold a higher level of consciousness while at the same time, you're having to be aware of a lower level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And when I started back into working in business, cause I didn't work for about four over four years. And when I came back, I had to go and dive into problems, but I had no problems, but I had to go ahead and sit there and talk to all these people and started integrating into people's problems and started to find out like, okay, here's what people are experiencing. Here's the reason why, and here's how it all works for them. Cause I totally erased it from my mind. I was full of problems before and I had totally erased it all from my mind. And I remember having to learn about it again. And when I learned about it, I was feeling my consciousness dropping. And it was like, I was, I was very close to not doing any of these things, not doing flow train at all. And I was going to become a farmer and move to the Philippines. <laughs> I was, I, honestly, yeah. bro, I, was I don't doubt it, dude. I don't doubt it. I own a, a large fish pond right now in the Philippines, you know, and because I had a whole plan to move there and then dive into just into myself, get really deep into meditation, unlock different abilities and all these things, and just peace out. You know, I'm forget social media. I don't care. I'm just going to go and be happy and bliss out, you know, and contribute to around the you know people around me and build up that community. But that didn't work out. And I decided, no, I feel inside that my calling is to come back into the world and share it. And it was really tough. It was really tough to go and start to feel the uncomfortableness because I have to connect to people's issues, you know? Yeah. And I realize now what it did is it also allows me to be stronger because when you're in, when you're in a, in a nice environment and you don't have much issues, everything is easy. But when you can be in, when you can be in the difficulties, when you can be in the challenges and you can still be able to hold it, you know, you're still able to stay staying in, in a level of peace and level of flow, it's much, you have mastered a lot of the things because you're constantly challenging yourself. And I realized that was my path. And so it's, um, it's a really interesting thing, you know? So I'm really glad I went this direction because I wouldn't have been able to meet you and, yeah. and have Flow Tribe and, and have all of these awesome people come together, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm thankful too. I can say that much. Um, yeah, that really reminds me a lot of uh, the Buddhist concept of the uh, Bodhisattva. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but it's essentially, it's a being that is enlightened and they have the opportunity to transcend out of samsara, but they choose to stay in the world of form so that they can help other people because they understand that the full enlightenment doesn't happen unless we are all there. So it almost looks like you were kind of presented with that choice of like, you could have went to your fish pond and probably had some amazing blissful heaven like experiences, but you felt somewhere deep in your heart that you were actually needed to stay in the world of the drama to be able to be a beacon for other people to like learn from and learn through, you know? Right. uh, Yeah. I I think think it's later in my path. I think I just, uh, I, I was trying to access it too early, but somewhere yeah. in my later years, I am going to do that. You know, I'm just going to, yeah. I'm just going to go and go into some seclusions and just really dive into meditation, dive into practice and just slow everything down. You know? Yeah. So I think that's, know, I'm, that's I'm, important. 
Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think all it takes is like one person to do that and to like really hold that space. Because I mean, if you really think like we are all one and all of our consciousness is linked, you know, like you doing that is actually a great service for everybody. You know, you, you bring that, you ground the heaven and the earth together. And I mean, we're already doing that, but I think like the renunciate path is also pretty powerful if you have a system and it's supported, you know, you see a lot, a lot of Westerners who like haven't developed themselves and haven't lived a Western life who like immediately opt in for that. They're like, I'm going to go out to India and go meditate for five years. And it's like, yeah, but that isn't really, that's not your niche in the ecosystem. Like there are people who can do that. And then when that opens up, yeah, do that. But Oftentimes, a lot of people will use that lifestyle as a means to escape rather than something that actually invites them in, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't doubt that you're actually, you have an invitation to that aspect, you know, and I can see that within your your overarching story. I don't doubt that that will be a thing at all. You know, and something else on that is sometimes people um, people are doing positive actions with the wrong intentions, you know, like what yeah. you're speaking right there what they really want they want to escape but they're going to go do something that's good for them for the sake of really escaping and you know and actually it's uh it's okay it's okay when that happens a lot of people will will uh will see it as like that's not right but i realized because i used to see it that way i'm like oh no you're cheating yeah you're fake you know but then i started realizing you know if somebody was to do that just as long as their actions are helping people, their actions are bringing some some type of value to the world, even if their intentions isn't the best, but what the the results of their actions is producing positive results, then they get really good at doing these positive results, doing these actions. And now what it takes to shift their intention, just one day, one moment, their intention can shift. It's like somebody who builds a big business because they really wanna prove it to themselves. And they get really mad when they don't hit their goals and they scream and yell, but their business produces really good value for people's lives. Yeah. yeah. And so this person, what should they do? Continue to do it, continue to do it, continue to do it. And at some point when they realize I don't need to prove myself, you know, whatever that moment is, it just takes one moment and they shift it. And now they look and they have a massive business. They helped all of these people. And now that last person that they were able to help now is themselves. And now when they should, yeah. okay, great, right? So everybody gets the benefit. And maybe this person needed to go through that path. They needed to go and prove it to themselves to realize that they never needed to prove it to themselves. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. It's kind of similar to the like the part of the flow practice where like you have to build tension in order to release the tension that could be their karmic path you know they had to go down that path of building all this tension and it's helping a lot of people but hurting their health but how would they know otherwise unless they went through that experience you know right you you can't learn from other people's experience you have to do it yourself you know and that's their path and that's their path you know and they'll be supported you know existence will still see to them that they will make it where they need to make it so yeah well man i think we're over an hour i don't want to take up too much you got about 15 minutes i think um so let's uh let's wrap this up my friend um where can people find you so they can look for me on social media Uh, my instagram is mike chain official you know and my youtube channel is just mike chain and if they're interested in joining flow tribe it's just flow tribe.us 
you know, and that's where we have our weekly meetings. You know, we do our weekly trainings every Thursday and Saturdays, where we do our live trainings, followed by the Q and A's. And we get that awesome community that you're a part of, Brett, you know, and you already know all the things that we do in there, right? We chat, we share everything, wins, challenges, all these different things. And we have that accountability system to where people yeah. send in a text after they're done with their practice, you know, help people keep accountable. And, yeah. uh, you know, they have access to all the workouts and all the stuff in the libraries. So they can find me, they can join in there if this way if they really want to connect and really want to learn and dive in into flow training and all the things that we're talking about. Yeah, and I, I can advocate for it, guys. Like the the value benefit is like the money is not even a thing. And like I promise you, it will literally like change the way you feel in your body. Plus, you've been like super approachable too. I mean, the fact that we're doing this, but anytime I've had a question, you've been right there. And I don't want to advocate that for everybody because I don't know if you get like a giant influx of people. But um, yeah, I've had a really good experience. Thank yeah. you, Brett. And that's I understandable. I can answer as many questions as possible. You know, I spend yeah. a lot of time and our group is very different than a lot of groups out there. I've seen many groups that have seven, 8,000 members, you know, and I'm not going to say who it is or names, but I, I go onto their page and they literally have 10 to 20 posts a day. Yeah. And our group currently is under 150 people. And we have so much activity because we're actually engaged. We actually are a real online community that's supporting each other and sharing. And I think that's what really makes it so powerful is now we've really got the support system and I'm yeah. there doing as much as I can. I'm there almost on a daily basis, responding to everybody and, and everybody else's too. And I really love it. One more thing, you know, is I'm so grateful for the members out there that are in the group that are answering people's questions. They're yeah. giving support. Everybody's giving support. And it's just, I'm just so thankful. That's what I always wanted. And I knew, I didn't know how I was going to make it happen. I just knew I'm going to start off by doing it myself and just lead by example. And now it's like, it's took on a life of its own and it's evolved even much more than what I could have ever possibly imagined. I don't know where the direction that's going. All I know is our base intention, which is to be able to help people, help people get into a state of flow and help people create more happiness, more peace in their life. Yeah, and I think, I really do think it's like, a very strong elixir in this current socio-political environment because like people are going to have to find ways to re-enter the body because right now you know the world stage is it's a bit interesting to say the least you know and i think you're doing a really good good work and uh yeah thank you hopefully we can do this again uh maybe i'll give it 50 episodes we'll come back and uh touch base without the technical issues and uh i'm sure we'll both have explored so many things that we this conversation could just keep going so all right uh, we'll, yeah let me time comes we'll do it again right on all right mike thank you so much my friend i'll uh i'll keep in contact all right you got it see you later buddy bye dude okay my friends so that was episode one that was mike chang once more you can find him at flowtribe.us it's also got a lot of really awesome youtube and facebook video content so i really suggest you giving him a look uh, so yeah that was the first episode i hope you guys enjoyed yourselves i definitely did and i'm really excited for my next few guests coming up so make sure to tune in every wednesday at 11 a.m there will be links all over my personal page as well as the facebook you can find us at 21stcenturyvitalism.com we have a up-and-coming website where you can find all of our stuff download links i'll be on spotify apple itunes you can find me wherever you find most of your podcasts so thank you again from the bottom of my heart for being present and uh, 
making it this far. I'm excited for uh, the next few guests that we have for you. All right, have a great day.